Good morning, Nachum. Good evening, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Baha'aloscha. Parshas Baha'aloscha, according to the Chino, contains five mitzvos, three positive, two restrictions, and four out of the five mitzvos deal with Pesach Sheni. I'd like to note that, Pes- that Baha'aloscha has so many different concepts, topics contained within it. And I'd like to focus this morning on the last part of the parsha, namely the Lashon Hara that Miriam and Aaron speak about their brother Moshe. Now, the rabbis tell us that we find earlier in this week's parsha that Moshe, who complains to Hashem and says, I just can't do it alone. Hashem gives Moshe, therefore, 70 assistants who become the first Sanhedrin. And Moshe, at their head, 71 judges. The Torah tells us very quickly each tribe contributed six members, and that would make 72. Two out of the 72 received blanks. They all passed through, and they picked from a large bowl, either informing them of their status as a member of the Sanhedrin. Two of them got blanks. The Torah tells us that Eldad and Medad were so convinced that they would get the blanks that they didn't even show up to pick their uh, pieces of the lottery. Well, they were not blank at all, and the Torah tells us that they received immediate prophecy in the Machana, in the camp. When Zipporah heard that they now became prophets, her immediate gut reaction was, ay ay ay, she blurted out, I feel sorry for their wives, because thinking that as Moshe had separated himself from Zipporah, these men would now separate themselves from their wives. Thus, Miriam found out that Moshe separated himself from his wife. Telling this to Aaron, the two of them say, as we're told in chapter 12, Pasuk 2, huh, who does Moshe think he is? We're also prophets, and we didn't separate ourselves from our spouses. So, Moshe's response is verse 3. He does not respond. The Torah teaches us at that point, Yoish Moshe Anav Ma'od, Moshe was the most modest man, Mikola Adam, from all men, Asher al Adama, on the face of this earth. Unless you ask yourself, my goodness, how could Moshe be the most modest man? Didn't he know that he was the only one to be on our Sinai for three times, 40 days? He's the only one 
regarding whom the Torah says, Lechem lo achalti, mayim lo shosisi, didn't eat, didn't drink. So the answer to that is, I believe, very strong. And that is, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. And therefore, of course, Moshe knew that he was the only one. But Moshe's knowledge of elokus, of godliness, was so much greater than any other mortal human being ever. So therefore, Moshe knew how much more he didn't know, and therefore, he could truly be the most modest man. Hashem then tells the three of them, Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe, to come out, and Hashem literally chastises, reprimands Miriam and Aaron and teaches them and all of Israel for the future of the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. That whereas all other dreams, all other prophets receive their prophecy in a dream, not so Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Pe'el Pe'adaber Bo. Now, there are, and it's listed in many Sidurim, six Zechiros, six remembrances. And the fifth one is to remember that which Hashem did to Miriam, which is coming up in a few moments. In this week's parsha, that Miriam was stricken with leprosy because of the Lashon Hara Tzora'as that uh, she spoke about Moshe. But I think that we should be aware that there's another explanation for what it is that we are to remember the transgression of Miriam regularly. And the answer to that is that the Torah is teaching us through Miriam of the uniqueness of the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he is not simply a cut above, but as the Rambam has in his 13 principles of faith, so the sixth one, I believe with perfect faith that all the words of the prophets are true. And then the seventh one is, I believe with complete and perfect faith that the prophecy of Moshe, our teacher, was true. And then he was the father of the prophets and literally in a class unto himself. Now, what happens is Miriam becomes uh, stricken with Sarah's. Moshe is pleaded to by Aaron. Aaron says, please forgive us. And Moshe then, in verse 13, cries out, and prays to God that he should heal Miriam. Now, indeed, the whole parsha could have ended there. There are, however, three more psukim, whereby the Torah tells us that God said to Moshe, now look here, if a father would have been angry at her, it would have been a kind of time out for seven days, now that she's angered Hashem, 
now that Hashem was angered through their act of Lashon Hara, so Rashi tells us it really could have, should have been 14 days, but because of a technical halacha that we don't learn a punishment through a Kalvachomer, it's also seven days. Why is the Torah teaching us so much here, and what is the lesson at the end of this parsha? Says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, in his Sefer Emes Liyakov, a very important point. Miriam and Moshe, I'm sorry, Miriam and Aaron asked forgiveness from Moshe, because after all, it is against Moshe that they spoke Lashon Hara. The Torah is teaching us, my friends, that when one does a sin, an Avera, against another individual, it is not simply a sin, man, against man, but every sin of Bein Odom Lechavero, man against man, is also a sin against Hashem. Why? Because as the Torah teaches in chapter 9, in Parshas Noach, Pasuk 6, the Torah says, Shofech dam adam, if someone spills the blood of man, adam through man, meaning the court of man, Domoi Shofech, capital punishment. But that's not where the Torah ends. The Torah gives a reason. Because literally in the image of God to see the image of God in man and to realize therefore that any and all infraction and against man is also an infraction against God, against the godliness that's in man, that is the very important lesson that's being taught to us at the end of this week's parsha. And Rav Yaakov goes on to say, take note that the rabbis teach us that if someone recites Lashon Hara, the Gemara in Erechin, 15b, so what is he? He's a kind of kofir bi'ikar. It's why? It's, it's as if he is literally denying the existence of Hashem. How so? So says the Chafetz Chaim, Sadik Levracha, in his Shmiras Haloshon, in the end of chapter 4, of Shar HaZachira, something very sharp, that unlike the Mishnah that says at the beginning of chapter 2 of Avos, look up, my friends, this week's Perik of Pirkei Avos, and note that there are three things that are happening in heaven all the time. There's an eye in Roe, there's an eye that sees what we do, there's an Ozen Shoma'as, there's an ear that hears, and all our acts are being written down and transcribed, and they don't miss anything upstairs. Now watch. When a person speaks Lashonara, says the Chafetz Chaim, he looks around. Is that person around? Is his best friend around? Ah, oh, he's making very simply like the Ganov. The Ganov pays double because I don't see God. Ah, oh, same thing over here. He says the Lashonara because after all, I don't see him, his friend, okay? And therefore, there is like Kfira. And so too, quotes Rav Yaakov 
Zatzal, the Gemara in Ksubos 68a, that if a person literally does not respond by giving charity to someone who's in need of charity, it's akin to idolatry. Hello, how's that? The idea is, what do we believe? That you were given this money in order that you should, come on, give it for charity. When you don't give it for charity, you're saying, excuse me, God, it's not you who's given me this money, it's me, it's my intellect, it's my, 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 and that is a kind of negating capital H. His presence, his involvement is like Avodah Zarah. So what we learn from the end of Parshas, Baaloscha, is that very important lesson. Once again, that any and every infraction, man against man, is not only just that, man against man, but it also includes man against God. Why? Because man is created in the image of God. Wow. Look at his self-worth. Shabbat Shalom to all.